0: This podcast is part of the
1: Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Greetings. This is Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm about to have a I uh, Master Plo, have you heard of this Here's Yes, oh, Ya, yeah, Obi-Wan. You're listening to Star Wars Conversations here indeed. Welcome to Conversations, I'm Charles! And I'm Pat, and this is.
0: Episode 42. In a time of increasing tension between the Republic and the Trade Federation, innocent worlds are left hanging in the balance. The incredible might and resources of the Trade Federation and their droid army will be tested against the civilization of warriors they don't suspect. Nice. Misa thinking this at a Gangan episode.
1: Welcome to the Gungans. Now, of course... Misa was right! (laughs) You were right! Now, this comes from when we did our episode on weapons that aren't lightsabers. (laughs) Or blasters. We
0: scraped scraped the bottom of that one.
1: We did. (laughs) And for two episodes, too. It was part one, episode 37. The innovation that the Gungans had in their weapons. And just how cool... Their, their approach to nature and integration with the way they work with their environment was way beyond the level that, from my perspective, that I understood for the Gungans to being was sort of these slapstick funny characters. There's a lot more to them in that. And then you said you know what, we need to do a Gungan episode to explore what how important they are to the Star Wars universe.
0: Yeah, and not, not so much necessarily how important they are, just how I think a lot of people think, you know, Jar Jar's this silly Gungan and they're they're these sort of like amphibious weirdos and they just kind of live under the surface of Naboo or whatever and they're, they are what they are. Mm. But that's, you know, there's, like you said, there's so much to them as a race, as a civilization, and I think they Deserve a little recognition, we'll say.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And for a species that, throughout the entire prequel trilogy, it's they have a, a certain important part to play. Thank you. In <laughs> the in the prequel trilogy, for sure. So, dungans.
0: Yes. Um. As 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 you had mentioned, they are first seen in um in the Phantom Menace, and it's really interesting because um. You know, the first one you see is Jar Jar and mm-hmm. he's silly. He's he's a little touched maybe. But um then he's like, Let's go to this pond and dive in and they're like, Well okay, I guess. <laughs> like, I don't know exactly what's going on here, but alright. So they you know, so Obi Wan and Qui Gon, um are desperately looking for a um a way out of their predicament this <laughs> yes. time. And um, and he's like, I can take you to this place. And they're like, all right. I mean, we're going to believe you even though we have really no reason to. No. <laughs> um, and just because sisters... you speak
1: doesn't make you intelligent. <laughs> right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> then the fact that they dive into this water and then you see this whole underground civilization that yes. has these yep. – you know, like bubble pod, uh, you know, entrances to their, to, you know, their city, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, really, as as that being the first time any of that is seen in Star Wars, it's really very cool,
1: it because
0: is. you've, you know, obviously not seen that before, so it's new and, and different, but then it really shows the, kind of the... Um, you know cutting edge technology that they were they were dealing with with the prequels mm-hmm. um and and just a cool other environment to kind of change
1: things up you've got connected pods of this city under the water so beyond the special effects of the movie itself you've got this gungan culture a species who is in tune with their environment and has been able to not just use the environmental pieces that they have available to them they've also grown and literally molded the technology that they use to make these breathable atmospheres within these pods to make a underwater civilization completely separate from the Nebu and the land dwellers
0: yeah and i think you know um ultimately that in tuned approach to the environment and sort of taking what's around them and, um, you know, using it for protection uh, is really something that saves everything, really. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's not only critical for the battle mm-hmm. against the droids, but, you know, the, the, the Naboo, the surface dwellers, were not going to win. No. And, right. and you know, and the Gungans, you know, really help them out in terms of not only numbers but having the right weapons to to disable them because you know all these uh shields um that the droids had you're not getting through those with blasters Mm -hmm. you gotta have you know pretty specific timed and placed explosives to take them out Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. The Gungans didn't have any of that, but they had they had effective artillery, and effective
1: weaponry. Yeah.
0: And you know they had the um, one of one of my favorite things that they had is the the generated shields.
1: Yes. You yeah. Like, yeah. Like
0: that's 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 gonna deflect those blaster bolts and and you know be presumably lightweight and very effective at not only blocking blaster bolts but also you can see through it so it doesn't block your, your vision, mm-hmm. and um, it's just a really very cool design that um, you know was another tool that they had um,
1: that could help them defeat the droid army, really. Oh, so true, and you've got the surface dwellers who alienated themselves from the Gungan, yet the underwater dwellers had an advanced understanding of technology that Allowed them to create these electrostatic shields that not only created their underwater world, but powered their uh, their personal shields that powered their uh, their battlefield-generated shields, and like you said, allowed them to be a critical part of the successful battle against the droid army of the um, Trade Federation. Because if it wasn't for them, they wouldn't be uh, anywhere near having a successful campaign without that partnership with the Gungans, for sure.
0: From a narrative standpoint, interesting because you've got these two feuding species uh, on this planet that, you know, the one is literally driven underwater to, to get away from the other and kind of isolate themselves and function as a community. But that doesn't matter, like with with any invasion or or any hardship, um, they only overcome it by coming together, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and as the the threat comes and and those droid ships come and drop off dozens upon dozens upon dozens of those ships that have hundreds of droids in them that is unloading and... And then you've got like, um, you know, like the the shielded droids, the droid deckers, and, and things like that that are, um, you know, complicated enough with, you know, high functioning uh, technology and, um, you know, battle tactics. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they, they brought a, a new and different approach to all of that, which really. Um, you know, with the, the dual approach of the surface dwellers and the Gungans were able to not defeat them, because they didn't necessarily defeat them, uh, but at least hold them off until right. the, um, you know, the, the large Trade Federation ship could be destroyed by, mm-hmm. you know, that that blaster bolt from the, uh, <laughs> from the Naboo Starfighter. Hitting that exhaust port—that's yeah. two meters wide at the right, right you know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, see what I'm getting at here. Um, but yeah, so so for them to be able to hold their own alongside the Naboo humans uh, was was really a testament to their their ingenuity and their knowledge of the the layout of the land and all.
1: Oh, for sure. And you've got the battlefield itself. You know, being just south of Theed, of the main city, and part of the strategy of not just the Jedi, but the surface dwellers and the Gungans as they had formed this alliance just before the battle, they had figured out that, okay, well, Jedi need to go to Theed and take care of the palace. The grand army of the Gungans would take the battlefield and deal with the daunting task of the droid army. And... it wasn't like you said there was thousands and thousands of droids hitting the fields and they had to mow through them all you've got these quote-unquote simpleton creatures who are typically underwater dwellers who have these aw sort of approach to life and they're funny and they speak funny but their technology was perfectly suited to attacking a droid army with their plasmic balls of energy the plasmic energy So you've got the catapults, you've got the addle addles, like those, uh, you know, we cover that in our uh, weapons episode. Those became critical against the droids.
0: Do you think that the droid
1: army knew or suspected that the Gungans would have um, been there or or fought? No. I don't think so. I think they expected, you know, Naboo, uh, the Queen Amidala, having a human presence. uh, That was the and again, you know, we've talked before about Queen Amidala and her power.
0: Special guest, um, since this is the Gungan episode, yes, um, we want to uh, allow her to express her her love for her favorite Gungan, Jar Jar. I love Jar Jar Bing. This is of course Kalea, the love <laughs> of my life. <laughs> So, so, what,
2: what is it that
0: you uh, that you love about Jar Jar?
2: I love his personality. Mm-hmm. He's so cute. <laughs> uh huh. And he's enthusiastic. And he brings character to foil.
1: Mm, positive.
2: He's a very good guy. Mm-hmm. Thing. <laughs> he's a guy. Okay. That counts. <laughs> That's very good. That's That's my synopsis of Jar Jar Babies.
0: Okay, all right. Well, I I had figured that this episode would be incomplete had we not had.
2: uh, (laughs) Had we stopped. Yes. Hello. (laughs) Yes.
0: Hello there. Could not have been more perfect.
2: It's okay. Course. I'm always there at the perfect time <laughs> Just like Jar Jar
0: <laughs> Look at that We two are, are peas in a Gungan pod <laughs> <laughs> Bye
1: Bye, Bye. <laughs> Oh that was awesome
0: I was intending to text her later But here she is
1: She walked in? Oh that's so cool Yes <laughs>
0: So yes, we we, we we did need to include that um, as I had planned ahead of time <laughs> uh, for for later, but that's fine. That's totally cool. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah so uh it's I I think that the droid army and the trade federation didn't even see them coming.
1: True. Yeah.
0: Which which is even better because. You know, they they may have known about them, uh, th- about their existence, uh, but I don't think that they knew that they were a fully armed and operational uh, civilization.
1: Oh, for sure. They were not... And yeah. I
0: think that, you know, not the, the, the specific weaponry aside, I don't think they knew that these people even had warriors or an army mm-hmm. let alone the, the, the right weaponry to to uh, disable them
1: yeah they were not considered a player on the field for sure you know from the trade federation from their perspective i fully believe that they saw naboo and the surface dwellers as their primary target and their only hurdle to cover never considering the Gungans militia as a legitimate force to be reckoned with. And they had no clue about their ingenuity and their ability to use the environment they had access to to create weaponry that ultimately would have driven their droid army to nothing.
0: Right. And, you know, I you may not know this, but occasionally, <laughs> I don't do research.
1: <laughs> it has been known to happen. Okay. Nor, nor but, has me not knowing things.
0: <laughs> right, 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 right. For the
1: most part. But,
0: but in this case, the Trade Federation didn't do their research. <laughs> <laughs> and look what happened.
1: <laughs> now there are thousands of them. <laughs> Now there are
0: two thousand of them. <laughs> um, so yeah, I you know, I think that, that was that was a huge um, advantage that they had, which, you know, of course you're living underwater, there's this all sorts of like, you know, life form sensors or whatever. But again, do you know how sizable they are and how how warrior like they right. are? And I don't think they did. No. No. Um, which, again, works in the Gungan's favor to,
1: you know, have
0: that sort of force to rely upon.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you have Padme, who understands that as a threat to the entire planet versus just a threat to her throne, she needed the support of. Not just the Gungans, but also their force formed an alliance with them and was able to thwart
0: oops. that threat, or or at least to, uh, uh, keep that threat static
1: yes. and keep it yeah.
0: from advancing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, as just would have ripped through several um, legions
1: of the of the uh, Naboo forces. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. You've got a ground force that's not necessarily sacrificing their lives. For the greater good of the planet, but that we're certainly taking a perspective that without us partnering with the surface dwellers, our entire planet's going to suffer. Absolutely, and it's um, it's interesting to
0: see that um, that shot of them on the battlefield and um, having their shields up, and um, you know having that united front. Not to get too pop culture current events here, but uh, this is episode 42, (laughs) um, which, you know, is uh, Jackie Robinson's number. There you go. And Chadwick Boseman. uh, There you go. Played uh, Jackie in that film. The link I'm going to make here is he was also the king of Wakanda. (sighs) And that, especially in... um, Avengers Infinity War when uh, Thanos and his army come to Wakanda and they're met with this you know hidden country uh, you know community of sort of high tech warriors that are all lined up with you know the, the, the skills the knowledge and that tech to put up a fight that's that's the Gungans
1: Mm-hmm mm-hmm
0: like they're 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 all business they're ready for action and i mean they proved it. i think i think that's really how yeah that's what it reminds me of when i see that scene mm. which is is pretty pretty powerful that is very to, powerful to to evoke that that similarity to you know the 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 revered um wakandans
1: mm-hmm.
0: everybody's uh, respects the wakandans right You know, and I think, I think that's that's not dissimilar to them.
1: Without them, the battle of Naboo would have had a completely different outcome.
0: Yeah, I I I believe so. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I think that aside from that, you know, you you think of these, Qui Gon thinks of these indigenous creatures as just being weird creatures like a weird animal mm-hmm. you know who's just mm-hmm. in the way uh but then when you when you get down into um otogunga and uh, Gunga city there and all mm-hmm. and you see you know they have the government and boss nas and everything mm-hmm. um it's like they've really got you know this is a civilization yes it's not just you know like like a herd or a pack of Gungans just, you know, milling around, eating algae, (laughs) you know? Or shellfish, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're they're a a civilization, which is, 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 I think, way more than um, anyone even on the surface of Naboo would have
1: suspected, let alone any foreigners. So true. And... If Aragunga was the largest city in the largest lake, okay, well, there are other cities in other places on Naboo that were smaller and less influential. The seat of power was in Aragunga and Bosnaz like you said, and the critical part of the story. So if they have this technology that allows them to live underwater, which is, if you think about it, most of their technology was grown from their environment it wasn't manufactured it was it was a symbiotic relationship they minimized the damage that they would do to the environment to create the uh technology but almost like carbon neutral they they had a very progressive approach to what they were doing
0: yeah and and the fact that their bombs were like um emp bombs
1: yes yeah
0: they didn't destroy any of the landscape or any of the environment, it was only, um, had a negative impact on, on machines, mm-hmm. you know, transports, and droids, and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, which, you know, again, um, the droid army was blasting everything in sight and making a mess of things, mm-hmm. and the only thing the, uh, Gungans were making a mess of was, um, their enemy,
1: which yeah. was good. Yeah. And that plasmic energy was harvested from the planet core. So, again, neutral to the effect on the environment, but but still allowed them to protect themselves against an enemy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. So, beside Otagunga as being the seat of authority for the Gungan society, they had a sacred place. Allow
0: myself to introduce myself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They had a very sacred place that they used as a fallback position if things went badly. And we saw this in The Phantom Menace where Queen Amidala and her handmaidens and the Jedi, of course, showed up and made a deal to uh, align themselves with the Gungans and forge this relationship to protect the entire planet from the incursion of the trade federation and that place is actually a fallen temple of an ancient race of elders as they're called these humanoid reptiles that fought against the gungans thousands of years beforehand and left the planet so there's some really cool history there beyond just what we see at the surface level
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, as you were saying with the Gungans and their environment, they're sort of symbiotic, Uh, you reach a point where, you know, if we try and do this alone or without your help, we'll fail, Mm -hmm. and you'll also fail. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you look at it that way, Queen Amidala was was also taking that symbiotic approach where, you know, I'll I'll help you, you help me, we join forces, and we kick these uh, clankers to the curb and then um, you know then everybody comes out on top and then you know if, if we've still got a good relationship beyond that great yeah but um, you know at least you know our, our civilizations don't both get destroyed right and then you know we could go on this what if rabbit hole where you know <laughs> if it in, in all honesty, if the Naboo had failed um, ah. to to stop the Trade Federation and to you know destroy the ship and and disable the army and mm-hmm. and do all of the things that it had done, um,
1: you know how much quicker would the Republic have fallen? Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, you know, think about that in our uh, episode with a certain point of view podcast yeah
0: and that's what uh, i think that, uh that was mentioned with um you know them running into jar jar
1: that's right because that's right if
0: they you know if they hadn't stumbled upon him um you know they likely would not have you know in in i think he mentioned um them trying to get off planet mm-hmm. uh but mm-hmm. more importantly than that they wouldn't have linked up with the gungans and and known about them to you know let amidala know and and kind of foster that um that communication bridge
1: so true and like you said in that episode where we talked with them was that without the uh not innocence but like the naivete naivete yeah of jar jar bringing the jedi to araganga that relationship would have been forged and laying the groundwork for the eventual partnership to save the planet.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I think I think if, if any Gungan with you know a brain that was a little more in tune to um, you know what's going on, yeah, um, probably would not have brought them down there. Right, right because uh, you know they they they're they're kind of by nature mistrusting yes. of the surface dwellers mm-hmm. and these two humans are obviously surface dwellers mm-hmm. and you know it's like no way am i going to bring you to my hidden city just cuz you're asking for help right. i'll point you in the right direction and the nearest starship and you're on your
1: way <laughs> and the fact that prior to this war, the Gungans were a reclusive species. Right after the war, of course, Jar Jar, especially as a senator, definitely elevated their presence in the galactic perspective.
0: Again, not unlike the Wakandans.
1: There you go. They're
0: ahead of emergence of the you know, the Black Panther and and right. his sort of um, reveal to the world, they were seemingly non-existent and they and they had the the bubble of uh, invisibility there Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um, and then once that all came to a head they were like all right we're here this is what we got and this is what we're doing Um, and that's kind of um, a similar uh, path that the Gungans took where you know once they um, emerge to fight the battle they kind of maintained a presence
1: in galactic society yeah and, and after the Battle of Naboo, they actually had an increase in not only attention, but their threshold for not accepting outsiders was lowered. Autogunga itself actually outgrew its scale, where there was like literally travelers coming from different planets to see, because it was this underwater coolness, and yes. trying to understand how awesome their technology was and so Erte yeah. one of the one of the handmaidens actually spent time in Ura Gunga to learn a technology and to assimilate her knowledge with the creative arts that she was used to to uh, better herself and definitely raise the profile of the Gungan culture to the point where they had gone from this reclusive species to an inclusive species Species And actually, it made it hard for them to maintain their underwater society.
0: Hmm. All this talk of uh, Otagunga is uh, making me uh, long for a commercial break.
1: Yeah, I'm married. Does it matter? You'd do that for me? Really? Yeah, I'd like that. Who are you talking to? It's Jar Jar from Otagunga Insurance. Yeah, it sounds like a really good deal.
0: Jar Jar from Otagunga at three in the morning? Who is this?
1: It's Jar Jar from Otagunga.
0: What are you wearing, Jar Jar from Otagunga? Misa? Misa wearing some Muy bombad khakis. She sounds hideous.
1: Well, she's a guy and he's a Gungan, so...
0: Like an annoying neighbor, Jar Jar is there. That's-a me!
1: Dewey insurance is not applicable when rebel vehicles are involved.
0: Ow, woo! All right, well, those were some bombad khakis. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> so, here we are, back. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure Irte uh, could take full advantage of the, those the, some of the policies that um, our wonderful advertisers uh, have to offer. Um, (laughs) So um, we would at this point be remiss if we didn't make our obligatory mention of the Jedi Temple archives. Correct. And thank them graciously for their um, allowance of us to use um, one of their very fine commercial advertising... True. segments. True. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so you had mentioned there being some important Gungan, which, um, you know, he was briefly s- in the spotlight uh, earlier on when uh, my wife dropped by to proclaim right. her... her um,
1: adoration right. of said character. Right. So beyond Boss Naz, who we all know is the, the leader and the political driver of Otagunga and, for the most part, the... And the premier stockholder in Spittoons. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yes. And the it's Gungan it's the, Grand like, Army. In, yeah, yeah right, right. Apart from that. There's also, yeah. um, you know, Captain Tarples we all know, yes. who was a critical oh, part. Oh, the ja, ja. Yeah, exactly. Little, See? See?
0: And he's got like that Boo 2 thing going. Yeah, little, 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 little. exactly.
1: Yeah. But none of them are as developed as our beloved Jar Jar Binks. And from my perspective, Jar Jar Binks represented the, not the worst part, but like the hardest to accept part of the prequel trilogy. Okay. Prior to... The Clone Wars and prior to the understanding of how important the prequels are but Jar Jar Binks's arc is it's not very complicated because obviously he's not a Jedi he does have a critical I mean like talk about massively critical part in uh, bringing Palpatine to power yet still having a simple arc that can be probably boiled down to like five or six points. And, oh yeah, yeah. Um, I
0: think that, that that's that's
1: safe right. to uh, safe to to say. <laughs> right. So, not reducing his importance, but summarizing his character arc can be done thusly.
0: <laughs> thusly.
1: <laughs> he was expelled from Otagunga for destroying Boss Naz's vehicle, which is why. Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn run into him for in the first part. Understanding that the Gungans can live for long periods underwater and hold their breath and all that kind of stuff, they are also equally able to live on the surface. That's right. the only reason why he was there. So let's let's, right. let's start with that. Then, as his fortunes changed, along with the Jedi, he was promoted to a general just before the battle with the droids. He also ascended throughout the Gungan culture. Hey, look, Jar Jar is doing very well. It's
0: <laughs> certainly his, his rise to uh, to power and esteem.
1: Right. And not only is he doing very well in that, he's becoming a junior senator along with Padme in the Senate. Uh-huh. And he's right there with her. I mean, he's right. doing very well. His arc is, like, shooting forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's, 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 uh, he's, he's got quite a... Uh... Quite a high trajectory going yes.
1: here. Let's and s- see what happens next. Well, now between Attack of the Clones and the Revenge of the Sith, of course, there's the Clone Wars. And in those Clone right. Wars, he's actually working alongside Jedi in missions on different right. planets. I mean, he's got a very, very high level of notoriety and perception not only just in the Senate but also from his planet. I mean, he's... We're talking about a superstar here at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the, the universe is his oyster, really,
1: at yes. this point. Yes. But unfortunately, that oyster is Palpatine, and he's critical in helping... <laughs> he's, he's critical in helping Palpatine become the emperor, and... Oh, yeah. When he comes back to his planet, that's not really well perceived as a good thing and uh he's expelled again
0: (laughs) unfortunately
1: expelled expelled from not just otagunga but the entire society hey
0: go big or go home
1: (laughs) yeah so unfortunately he uh he spends his time entertaining kids and becomes very popular as a comedic sort of clown and he takes on an apprentice and he spends the rest of his life entertaining people and making them laugh. Now, that's not a bad thing, because Jar Jar Binks, at the essence, is a positive, happy person who does not want anything but the best for the galaxy as a whole, and for Naboo in specific.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is, um, that's, that's quite the summary. Quite the, uh, you know, the, the, Heroic yet tragic tale. Yes. Of yes. Jar Jar the Binks. Yes, the Binks <laughs> <laughs> is, is there anything else that you'd like to say about Jar Jar?
2: Is there anything i like to say else about Jar Jar? I think he's not taken seriously, so he tries to make up for it in other ways okay. by mm. making mistakes but thinking he's not. Okay. He like said trying to make the best of right. for everybody. Best
0: intentions. Best in, intentions. In, in giving the uh, chancellor the. But I think um, it's,
2: it might, might be a language barrier problem. Okay. Um, maybe why he repeats himself a lot or something. Okay. But um, I think he's misunderstood and not listened or taken seriously, so he tries to compensate.
0: Ah, perhaps overcompensate. Or
2: overcompensate. Yeah. And then people who don't want him around. Mm. It's a very sad, sad story. It is. He tries to help out. He does. He does. He does.
1: Or, if you think about it, you've got Jar Jar who's on the battlefield and mistakenly opens the trap to a plasmic bomb cart. And he changed tactics at that point for the better.
2: Even though it, it appeared as though he was doing it accidentally.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Meaning
2: he's smarter than you think he is. hmm So Right. Whose side is he on? Exactly. Underestimated. Mm hmm. I mean like just like, you know, looking at Yoda again, who knows things are going on, does nothing.
1: <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. And
2: there's Jar, Jar. at least he's in the game and he's trying.
1: Exactly exactly oh, man <laughs> you know, all
2: powerful Jedi you know see all know all have this force that's in them but waits till the very last moment to use it
1: mm, you know,
2: it's just sitting there I have this gift oh I do but I will not use it till absolutely necessary even though I'm aware of what's going on around me where Jar Jar just happens to stumble upon something to help people Yes, And everyone thinks it is either a joke or an accident. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're missing what's really going on.
1: And if the Gungans then elevate him because they realize it's not a bumbling fool. It's actually mm-hmm. fate or uh, a critical skill that he has to use their technology against a an advancing enemy. They eh.
2: were intimidated. They didn't exactly. come up with the ideas themselves. So exactly. they had to ban him. Yep. You know, just like when the smartest person in the class, you know, makes makes some noise or taps their, their pencil and they have to go out in the hallway, a distraction. Ah. Smarter than you think. I'm uh. telling you, there uh-huh. is more to this story. Uh
0: huh. <laughs> Perhaps we'll have to do an entire Jar Jar episode. At some point.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
1: And you can join us
2: in that one too. Oh, yeah, I'm sure everyone wants to hear what I've got to say. <laughs> Believe
1: me, they want to hear what you have to say more than we want to say.
2: <laughs> I just think, you know, that everyone's focused on, so much on all the other pitchers in the game, like Yoda and uh-huh. Luke and, like, the people on the sidelines that you really need to pay attention to. That's probably the whole story right there, and you're not mm-hmm. even looking at it, guys. Come mm. on, get it together.
1: You've got Padme and her handmaidens. Kneeling to the Gungans at the Sacred Place, mm-hmm. understanding that their participation in the battle for Naboo was the only way that they were going to succeed. And she's a extremely smart, tactical, Absolutely. and strong character. She was the one who was kneeling. That tells you volumes of respect that we should have for Absolutely. the Gungans. It's not about being bumbling. And trying bumbling. to bring
2: everything together for the common good. Yep. And it all started with him befriending everybody and trying to exactly. get them to safety and then going on through the whole course yep. like that. I mean, That's everyone fine. thinks he's a not you know, a trivial character that happens to just be loud, obnoxious, and annoying, but it changes the whole game because if he didn't take them into his, his world where he, he knew he was banned and try to help them, you know, for the common good then they would not be able to mend that all together and be able to you know fight it that way absolutely one person
1: if it wasn't for jar jar the boss naz and the rest of the gungan society wouldn't have realized how big of a threat that Mm -hmm. the trade federation army was going to be because they were not surface dwellers they were under Well, no one even
2: knew what was going on with the vet, Exactly, the exactly. Situation. Yep. Even us as we watched it. <laughs> yeah. We're like, what's great federation? What is this? Why are and
1: we, we, like, star- oh, why are we starting with this?
2: Big. Oh, look what is on. Oh, wait, now he's good enough to be part of our posse again. I mean, he always was, and you all are missing it. I'm telling you, that's why he's a great character.
1: <laughs>
0: so I think that's uh, kind of our uh, – our overall on the Gungans, hopefully get people to uh, to take them a little more seriously.
1: hmm For sure.
0: And uh, and um, kind of elevate their status in the uh, universe of Star Wars. So, yeah, we have our website at conversuations.com. We're on facebook.com slash conversuations. Twitter has us at suations. And we've got our Instagram page with the conversuations. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're in the Red Five Network, so if you like us, you probably like them too. And um, <laughs> also, we've got a, um, a spreadshirt store that's um, that's got some fun, uh, unique uh, stuff on there. So uh, <laughs> you know, that's us. That's where we are. <laughs> so with that being said, I think we'll um, we'll let our two-time guest. Uh, <laughs> Take us out of this one again with a uh, with a little sign-off.
2: Thank you for joining our podcast tonight. Have a wonderful evening or day.
1: Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network.